everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. We are starting a new two-part series called uh, Vision, Focused and Desperate. You know, when I was a kid, just like probably when you were a kid, there was one question I got asked more than any other question. And I'm sure you, uh, you may be able to guess what it is. The question was, what do you want to be when you grow up? If you were anything like me as a kid, your answer to that question probably changed a lot as you grew up. I wanted to be a famous singer, I wanted to be an astronaut, I wanted to be a lawyer. Well, why a lawyer? Well, they got paid well, and I like to argue, uh, or so it was explained to me. <laughs> and many others, right? There were a lot of other things that I thought, well, I wanted to do that, or this, or this, or that. But as I got older, I started to notice that my life was just not like I had expected it to be when I was younger. What happened? Well, my vision for my life wasn't realistic. Um, I can sing, but I'm not at the level of the professionals. I don't like heights, so strapping a rocket to myself to go to space, uh, it's out of the question, right? Um, Also, when I found out how long lawyers had to go to school, I immediately ruled that out. Many of us can think back to our childish dreams and just dismiss them as a children's fantasy, and and really that's, that's fair enough, but what about the dreams we had for ourselves when we got older and wiser? What happened to those dreams? Were they also unrealistic or did we just lose focus as life happened? Did unexpected things happen that were out of our control or did we just not stay disciplined? Was it a little bit of all of that? You know, Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law happy is he. You know, we make plans for our lives constantly, yet are those plans the right plans? Are they the best plans? Are they God's plans? Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for prosperity, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. The simple fact is that our plans might not be God's plans. And because of this, they might not be the right plans. That's why it's important to have the right vision for our lives. Not our vision, not our parents' vision, not our friends' vision or our spouse's vision, but God's vision. God made us. God designed us. And when he did that, he had a specific purpose in mind for us. He had plans, and unlike our plans, God made his plans with perfect knowledge of the future. We can't even make plans for lunch with that kind of certainty. So what does it look like when God gives us direction? How can we know it's him? How can we be sure? What's more, what does following that vision make our lives look like? Uh, Is it any different than following our own plans? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. 
we're going to be looking at God's vision for our lives. And in the next episode next week, we're going to actually discuss the vision of our church. And for those of you who are part of our church, um, it is going to be exciting. It's going to be stretching. Um, I, I promise you, your faith will be stretched. If you're not a part of our church, then uh, you'll hopefully be inspired by it. And and I hope that uh, you will join in praying for us and, and uh, becoming a prayer partner with our church, or maybe even uh, going above and beyond that and supporting uh, financially over our, our website online. You can you can give that way um, as you hear what it is that we're doing. But this uh, this episode, we're basically just going to be looking at our plans for our lives and God's plans for our lives and the vision for our life. You know, the way that God reveals his vision for our lives often varies from person to person. In some cases, such as mine, uh, God shows us a grand vision for our life where he wants to take us. You know, he, he did that with me. He showed me the, the, the grand vision. He showed me the big picture uh, where he wanted to take me in my ministry. And it scared me to death. In fact, it still scares me to death. In other cases, God gives us um, a smaller vision, right? Such as for a certain season of life. It's actually the easiest one to deal with, I, I think. Um, because it's you get a little bit of, of the big picture, right? So you're not walking uh, every step, not sure where you're going to go next. You have an idea of where you're headed, but it's not so big that it becomes overwhelming. And sometimes God communicates vision like that, just kind of one season at a time. And yet in other cases, God only gives us enough of the vision so we know where to take the next step. Regardless of how God chooses to do it, there are certain things that remain true of all three of these scenarios. First, we must know that it is God giving us direction. And second, we must trust God enough to obey. So how do we know it's God giving us direction? Well, there is not a person alive who's not capable of convincing themselves that God told them something that they wanted to hear. In fact, the most religious people can often be the most guilty of this. How do we know that isn't true of us? How do we know that what we're hearing, what we're feeling, where we feel like we're being directed, how, how do we know that it isn't the devil who's a liar and a deceiver? How can we be sure it's God? Well, I want to give you a few tests. These are some things that you can ask yourself, four questions that you can ask. And these four questions will help you to decipher if what you are hearing is the voice of God, if, if what you are feeling is the prompting of God. And, and here's the first one, and this is the most important, the easiest, the clearest. Does it go against something God has already said in his word? God will never, ever tell you to do something that he already has said not to do. If you feel like God is telling you to do something and scripture says not to do that thing, then what you are hearing is not the voice of God. It might be a voice. You might be hearing something, but it's not God. If you read something in scripture and then you think that God is telling you something else, you're listening to the wrong voice. So if you feel like you are hearing God tell you to do something or prompting you to do something or uh, urge you to do something, if you feel like there's a vision for your life that includes elements that go against God's will, it's not correct. So take what you feel like God is telling you to do and check it against what he has already told you to do in his word. If they contradict what you're hearing, what you're feeling is not God. Here's the next question. What feeling does it create within you? This is actually a really good test. This is actually a really good question. If you're if you're struggling with is this God or is this not God? Well, let me let me give it to you this way. 
God gives us hope. The devil gives fear. Now, there is a little bit of fear that comes with faith, right? So faith is scary. Being asked to do something is, is scary, right? I'm not talking about that kind of fear, though. I'm talking about the kind of fear that locks you down. I'm talking about the kind of fear that gives you hopelessness. See, God gives hope, and the devil gives a fear that creates hopelessness. God gives peace. The devil gives confusion. God gives conviction. And the devil gives condemnation. What's the difference? Well, God gives conviction. In other words, he shows us that what we did was wrong, right? So God gives conviction. The devil gives condemnation, which says who I am is wrong. Number three, here's another question for you. Does it create an increase in your faith or does it just tell you what you want to hear? There is a, a, a measure of faith when God speaks. Often, if God is calling you to do something, if he's prompting you to do something, if the, the vision for your life that he's giving you, whether it is your whole life, right, like he did with me, and he just kind of gave me the big overview of the grand scope of my life, here's here's what you're called to do. Whether it's that, whether it is a, a God showing you in this season, here's what I'm calling you to do, or in this next step, here's what I'm calling you to do. All of those types of things are going to create faith. They're going to bring faith out of us. However, oftentimes when when we feel like God is telling us to do something and it's not him, it doesn't it doesn't need faith. It's oftentimes just telling us what we want to hear. It's it's justifying something that we know is wrong and uh, we we know we shouldn't do. We shouldn't be acting on and yet we we hear God tell us something. Well, that's not God. God will not tell you to do something against his word as we said already. But oftentimes we can convince ourselves that what we're hearing is what God is saying, but it doesn't create faith in us. It's just telling us what we want to hear. Hebrews 11.6 even tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So know this, if God is calling you to do something, if he is giving you a vision to do something or to be something, again, whether it's a, a grand vision for your life or if it's just the next step, whatever it is, it is going to require some level of faith. Because remember this, God will never call you to do something that you don't need him to do. Here's the last one. Is it being confirmed by others? Now, there are times where God speaks to us and it doesn't need to be confirmed by others. But oftentimes God will confirm himself through the mouths of other witnesses. Sometimes God will speak something to you, and while you're trying to figure out if it's God, he'll use someone else to confirm what he said, right? Maybe that's a sermon or a friend. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a direct message. Uh, you know, God doesn't always use others, but when he does, make sure it's a confirmation, okay? And make sure it's a confirmation. I say confirmation because there's a lot of very well-intentioned people who believe that God gave them a word for someone else. And those people are either wrong or maybe they're sharing something that was only meant for them and they weren't meant to share it that happens. Um, if someone tells you that they heard from God, listen to them, remember what they said. It might be important, but unless God has spoken to you about it as well, wait before he does uh, until you act. Right, wait, wait to act until you feel God speak to you himself. That what comes out of the mouths of others, whether it's it's me, whether it's your pastor, your friend, your mentor, whoever it might be, if it's if it's coming from someone else and you haven't heard from God yet, 
don't begin acting on it as if God spoke. Wait for God to speak and then consider the words from the other person to be confirmation of that. And God may not need that. You might get to a place where you know God's voice well enough that you don't need confirmation and you're and you're sure and you know. But then there's times where things are happening in life. Maybe you're not hearing God clearly. Maybe you have a lot of stuff in your mind and you're struggling to do and and, and oftentimes God uses others to confirm himself in that case. And so if you're still unsure of uh, what it is that God is speaking, continue to pray, continue to listen and and be aware that, that this is something that God might do. He might confirm this by others. Now, once you've discovered or discerned that the voice you're hearing is actually God, then it's time to act. And when you do that, you're going to notice three things about that fresh vision. And this is true, again, whether the vision that God has given you is for your entire life, the next season, or just the next step. First, vision focuses our direction. Our vision focuses our Direction Habakkuk 2 2 to 3 says, When the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision and inscribe it clearly on tablets so that one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet the appointed time. It hurries toward the goal. It will not fail. Though it delays, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay long. Understanding God's vision for your life, no matter how much vision you have, will focus your direction. Because here's what it does. It, it, it tells you that you can trust God for every single step. It, it, it basically, if you come to a place where you're not sure which decision to make, if you know the vision that God has given you, it focuses you on the direction that you need to go. Now, you may not know all of the details just yet, but for instance, if I know that I am supposed to be going from Eugene to Portland. Now, imagine I don't know exactly the direction, but I do know that Portland is north of here. So any, any path that would take me off, off to the side, right, that would take me south, I can just say, well, that's not the right path. If, the path is to, if a road all of a sudden is taking me to the east or to the west, I can say, oh, I can rule those out. I need to be going north. Uh, now, when God gives us a vision, what it does is it kind of gives us a, a direction, and it helps us to rule out every other direction except the one that God wants us to to take. And that's kind of what the word focus really means, right? It means we put all of our attention on one thing at the exclusion of everything else. Vision focuses our direction. But what does that mean practically? Let me give you a couple of different ways that it works. First of all, it it helps us not just to avoid other things. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it helps us to know what direction to go. For instance, if God's called me to speak to my neighbor and invite them to church, that's, that's kind of a next step, right? Well, what it means then is that my next action is to go outside and to talk to them when I know they're home. That decision to do that, those actions are already decided for me. I just have to do it. That's my direction. Now, the direction may not include in it exactly word for word how the conversation's going to go. I may not know that. I may not know exactly how to invite them. I may not know exactly what the words are to say in that moment. I, I might not know all of those details, but I do know a general direction. I know that I am supposed to go to my neighbor and invite them to church. Now, imagine for a moment that um, that you're in in my situation about ten years ago. Okay, so ten years ago, I was um, ten years ago. I was offered a sales job, paid around eighty thousand a year. 
full benefits. Uh, works out to about $38 an hour. Now keep in mind this is about 10 years ago. That's pretty good money today, but this was before the crazy inflation of the last couple of years. And I turned down the job. Why? Uh, because it required me to work on Sundays. And there would be no religious exceptions made because other employees had already abused that exception to stay home and watch football. And yeah, I know that's probably technically still illegal to not offer that exception. Uh, I could have probably gotten him in trouble for it, but I had a good friend in management. I didn't want to get him in trouble for recommending me for the job. Um, and I know right now probably some of you listening might be baffled that I turned down the job. And, and there's probably some that aren't even surprised at all. And look, it's it's not worth admiration or praise. It's not anything like that. It wasn't even a hard decision. I mean, the money would have been great. The job would have been one I enjoyed. The people I would have been with, the environment I would have been working in, the company I would have been working for, that, that all would have been great. So why was it not a hard decision? Because I already had a vision for the direction God had called me to go. He had called me to be a pastor. He had called me to be a minister. And I knew that the job, as good as it was, was not in line with the vision of pastoral ministry God had given me because I needed I needed to do ministry on Sundays. And I could not do that if I was working at this job. And so I turned down the job. It wasn't even difficult. See, vision focuses our direction. Here's another thing that vision does. It, it Vision counters discouragement. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you're focused on God's vision, it completely counters discouragement. Now, next week in the next episode, I'm going to share with you a lot more about the vision of our church than I've ever really shared before, at least in a, in a public setting like that. But for now, I'll just tell you that over the last few years, there have been many times I've been discouraged. And God has taught me something during those years. I want to share with you one of the most powerful tools that you will ever have when dealing with discouragement. And, and it's the thing that God taught me. When I became discouraged, I would remember the vision for the church God showed me. And I would focus on that. And I would say this, whenever you're feeling discouraged, I want you to think about the last thing God told you to do. I want you to think about the last thing God told you about your life. Think about your calling. Think about your purpose. Think about what it is that God has told you about you. And then what I want you to do is I want you to focus on it until it is the only thing you're thinking of. Continue to think on it and think on it and think on it and focus on it and focus on it. Replay it again and again and again until it grows so big in your mind that it is the only thing you're thinking of. Now, when you learn to do this, you're going to find that pretty soon you are so full of faith that you don't have room for discouragement anymore. And you are so focused on the vision of God for your life that whatever is discouraging you is simply no longer in focus. Now, make sure you take note here that I didn't say it's no longer there. Whatever is discouraging you is no longer in focus. That doesn't mean it's no longer there. It just means it's not your focus anymore. And when I got discouraged by empty seats that I was seeing week after week after week, I turned my focus to the vision God showed me for where this church was going. I thought about it. I thank God for it until the discouragement was gone. Why does this work? It's, it's actually pretty simple. It's because no situation can be all that bad right now if I know it doesn't matter in the end. I mean, think about it like this. If, if I 
if I'm, I'm, I'm in Eugene here, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say I'm a Ducks fan. <laughs> I always tell people I'm, I'm an Oregon fan. If it's Ducks, Beavers, whatever, I, I cheer for Oregon. But if I know that the Oregon Ducks are playing a football game, and I know that I'm watching a, a game that has been pre-recorded, it's already happened, and I'm watching a recorded version of that game. Um, imagine now that I'm, I'm sitting down to watch this game, and then someone tells me before the game starts that Oregon wins the game. Now I know how the game ends. Well, if I know how the game ends, it doesn't matter. If I know Oregon wins in the end, then it doesn't matter how many points they are down during that game. They could be down 50 to nothing. And I'm not really all that worried about it. I'm not stressed out about it. It doesn't cause me anxiety. Why? Because I already know how the game ends. I already know they win in the end. And so if if God has told me that our church is going to be this thing over here, and then I'm seeing in the present that it's not that thing. If God is telling you that he has called you to do something big and great, something uh, important, if God has called you to do something and he has told you this is where you're going and you know that every time he calls you to do something, he does so from a place of perfect knowledge. You already know now how that ends. So long as you stay faithful, so long as you keep doing what God told you to do, that is where you will end up. That means that whatever it is you're seeing right now in the present, it doesn't really matter. It's part of the journey that God already knew about. It doesn't really matter. You win in the end. It doesn't matter how many points down you are right now. God has already told you that. So when you focus instead on the end, focus on the promise, focus on the vision that God has given you, then your present circumstances, they don't really matter anymore. Here's the last one. Vision focuses our trust. I'm going to say that one more time. Vision focuses our trust. Isaiah 41, 10. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be, de- do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will also help you. I will also uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, Gideon was called to lead an army to fight an enemy who numbered so many it couldn't even be counted. Originally, Gideon had an army of 32,000 to fight them with, and that was a very small army by comparison. But even so, God told him the army was too big. They allowed anyone to leave who wanted to leave, and of those 32,000, 22,000 just walked away. Now, with 10,000 soldiers left against an army of unknown numbers of uncountable numbers God says the army of 10,000 is still too big and so he told Gideon to take the men to the water and give them drink and based on the way that they drank water God told Gideon to keep only 300 that was it 300 men against an army of overwhelming numbers why because God was going to give them the victory he already told Gideon that he already told Gideon hey in the end of this you're going to win. But God wanted to make sure that when he gave them the victory, that they knew it was him. Because it doesn't matter how good of fighters those 300 men were, they were going to lose if it was just them. And when God gave them victory, they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was God who gave that to them. Now look, when you're called to take a step of faith, it's scary. Right? Vision, Vision's like that. 
it's scary because it's unknown to us. And we have to trust that it's not unknown to God. Now, some of you might not remember growing up without a GPS, but there used to be a day when we would get directions from people who knew the way. And there was a time where if you would lost, you were lost, you'd have to stop at a gas station and ask directions. And when they told you, you had to trust that they knew what they were talking about. Because the thing is, you didn't know this person. You would go into a gas station, you've never met this person in your life, and you're getting directions from them on where you need to go, and you're trusting that they actually know how to get there. You don't know if this person has been in town for a day. You don't know if they just transferred here. You don't know if they're from out of state, out of country. You have no idea. You are just trusting that they knew where they were going. And most of the time they did. And sometimes they didn't. Right? That was all part of the adventure. But when God shows you a vision for your life, either for this moment, for this year, for this season of your life, or for your life as a whole, it's scary. In the same way, asking asking uh, directions from a gas station attendant, right? And then getting on the road and then taking off. It's a little scary because you're not sure that they knew where they were, where, what they're talking about. You think they probably knew, but it's scary because you don't know the way. You're having to completely put your trust in this person. And when God gives you a vision for your life and you're having to completely put your trust in his hands and you don't know the future, you don't know what is going to happen along the way. It's scary. God's, God's plans for your life, they're so much bigger than your plans for your life. God's plans for your life are more intimidating than your plans for your life. God's plans for your life are more perfect than your plans for your life. And you know why? Because God knows you better than you know you. The point of God revealing his plans for your life is to get you to put your trust in him. The purpose of God shrinking an army of 32,000 down to 300 was to make sure that they had all of their trust in him. Because they knew if it were not for him, they were not going to win. It was impossible without him. And God will reveal to you whatever way he decides. Right? Whether it's it's this moment, whether it's this season, or whether it's your whole life, God reveals that vision for your life in a way that extracts the most amount of faith. But God is going to call you to do scary things. God is going to call you to stretch. God is going to call you to take steps of faith. Why? So that when you do, and when you are successful, you can only give credit to God. Do you know what God's vision is for your life yet? What about this season? What about that next step? Whatever it is that God has called you to do, whatever vision God has given you, and, and it may just be for this season. It might just be the next step. That might be the only thing you know. You don't know anything else. You only know the next step, kind of like a GPS, right? It'll give you that one turn at a time, and you don't know what the next turn is. You don't need to know what the next turn is. You only know, or, or the turn after that, you only need to know what your next step is. Anything else after that, you, you can trust that the GPS is keeping track of everything. And you're getting it one turn at a time. And maybe all you have right now is God giving you one thing to do. And that's all you know. And you don't know what happens after that. You only know that God is calling you to do that one thing. Thing. And maybe it's to have that conversation with somebody. Maybe it's to share your testimony with someone. Maybe it is to um, 
uh, to walk away from a sin. Maybe it is to change, make a, make a big decision. Maybe it is to end a relationship. Maybe that next step is to get baptized, right? We just did five baptisms um, at, at our uh, service on Sunday. Maybe that decision is to give your heart to God finally, and He's been He's been on you this whole time, and and He's been He's been convicting you, and He's been showing you He loves you, and He's been calling you to make that decision. And maybe the next step is just to trust Him and finally believe on Him and give Him your life. But whatever that next step is, keep that in front of you. Keep your focus on it. Do what He tells you to do. You can trust that if God tells you to do something, you can do it. You just have to be willing. Don't give up on God's promises because he always keeps them in his time. Keep focused on the vision that he has given you. And if you do that, you'll find that God never, ever, ever will let you down. God bless you. We'll uh, talk to you next week.